Yeah, good evening, church. Shall we open a word of prayer? Lord, we want to pray that you grant us keen ears to hear and keen hearts to understand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, there are two practical skills in life that I would want to teach my children personally. Uh, they are swimming and cycling. So my father taught me how to swim and cycle when I was five years old. Michaela, my youngest daughter, she's five this year, and she just started to learn how to cycle just a few months back. However, you know, the, the process is grueling both for her, for Michaela and myself. You know, it, it was really punishing, especially for my back. You know, I had to bend down to hold her neck to prevent her from falling, you know, on the sides and, and, and from tripping over. So this went on for a month. Uh, I'm going to play you a short video just to let you understand, you know, give you a better idea in case you have forgotten how is it, you know, to, to, to teach someone to cycle. Thank you. In this video, Michaela scraped her knee against the wall, you know, as you have seen just now, and there was a little bloodshed now here, okay? So one thing about learning to cycle is this, that there will be falls and there will be blood spilt. Uh, she crashed into bushes, she crashed into, onto, onto the wall, she crashed onto oncoming cyclists. And she had quite a few battle scars, in fact, to show to you. And next time, I'll, I'll bring her to come down to show it to you personally. Uh, see, blood was also shed when Moses took half of the blood from the young bull and put it in bowls, and the other half, he splashed it against the altar. Then Moses took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. The Israelite responded, We will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. Moses then took the blood, sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Now, what is the significance of the action of splashing of blood on the altar followed by the reading of the book of the covenant before continuing with the action of sprinkling of blood on the people? Why, why was there a break in between the sprinkling? Why was there an interval with a reading of the Book of the Covenant in between. Now, this next video may provide you some hint. Okay. Derek, push first. Push first. Ah. Push forward. Push forward. Go. Push forward. Okay, push. Very good. You did it. <laughs> well, that was Michaela's first time, okay? She started off on her own. So, you see, a proud father. Oh, you know, I was cheering her on. Eh? See, when I taught Michaela how to cycle, uh, there will be both physical demonstration as well as theoretical instructions. You know, cycling like swimming cannot be taught theoretically only. The learner has to overcome their fears themselves. I instructed the theory, but Michaela has to perform the physical demonstration herself. Well, perhaps, perhaps the sprinkling of blood interval by the reading of the covenant and then the sprinkling of blood again is a form of like on-the-job training for the Israelites. Or could there be other reasons? Let's first discover what does the demonstration of the sprinkling of blood on the altar signifies first. See, the demonstration of the blood 
on the altar signifies that the blood belongs to God. And in that act of sprinkling of blood on the altar, God's justice against sin was appeased. It was paid forward. But what about the demonstration of the sprinkling of blood on the people? What does it signify? The sprinkling of the blood on the people reveals the act of atonement that God is giving the blood to the people. God is giving life to the people his, from his, through His very own blood. The blood that was sacrificed was given to the people. You know, during the cycling lessons, to, pre- to prevent Michaela from crashing, I would have to sacrifice sometimes my back and at times I would have to shield her with my arms and legs to prevent her from getting bruises. So in the end, I get the bruises from my arms and legs. So I took her place of shedding some blood. To prevent us from death, the temporal atonement sacrifice of bulls was slaughtered to shed blood in place of the Israelites. However, to give us permanent atonement, to give us life, Jesus, the Son of God, is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. He became the sin offering, giving us life through the shedding of His very own blood. Therefore, we have life because Jesus gave us that life. You know, the concept of atoning sacrifice continues to surface from Genesis, you know, even right now to the book of Exodus. What then is the purpose of the reading of the book of the covenant then? You see, the reading of the book of the covenant is a sharing to the people and a reminder that life belongs to God. Human beings need to be reminded repeatedly. Uh, We are actually very forgetful human beings. So, while Michaela was cycling, you know, there's one word that I have to remind her continuously. You know, next video is going to show you what that word is. Look up, look up. Well, never mind. It's okay. Well, the word actually is look up. You know, you heard me say that. Um, she has this tendency, okay, to look down. I, I, I don't understand why new cyclists, okay, actually have this tendency to look down, you know, in fear of falling. On the contrary, the safest way to cycle or to ride a bike is the word anticipation. Hence, we can only anticipate if we look up. Verse 4 stated that Moses got up early in the morning to set up an altar on, at the foot of the mountain. And he set up, and to, the Israelites set up 12 stone pillars in anticipation of this covenant ceremony. So God's leader must learn to look up daily, look up in anticipation for the fulfillment of this of the new covenant, the perusia or the second coming of our Lord Jesus. How should one anticipate the covenant ceremony? Gerald Jensen said this, okay, that um, the covenant ceremony has another purpose. It was rich in the meaning, partly spoken, and partly acted out. The words gave the actions their focus and clarity of meaning. The actions, however, gave the words a depth and range of meaning that words alone can only hint at. We should anticipate with both actions and words. Therefore, the actions and words, action, word, and action method serve to enhance one thing. The focus of the depth of God's love for his people. The covenant is God's demonstration 
through both action and words of His redemptive love for His people. Now, as the covenant ceremony was performed by the leaders of Israel, now by the leaders also, they are also leaders of the nation of Israel. Perhaps we can ask ourselves this question, what does it mean to be a leader of God? I believe that God's, God's leaders should also demonstrate God's love for His people through both actions and words. The covenant is a proof that God loves His people. You know, our words and actions must coincide. So when God's words and actions coincide, the covenant has taken effect. In fact, this covenant that God has made with the Israelites seems to have taken immediate effect. How is that so? Well, let's continue by reading the passage from verse 9 till 11. It said that Moses and Moses the Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli or sapphire, as bright blue as the sky. But God did not raise his hands against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God and they ate and drank. How has the covenant taken immediate effect? You see, because the sins of the Israelites had, had been atoned through the covenantal ceremony, God did not raise His hands against these leaders when they went up to the mountain. The people of Israelites were spared. They did not die. And what was even more amazing is this. They sat down and they ate and drank in the presence of God. Hmm, doesn't that sound familiar? The Israelites even saw the feet of God and under His feet was something like a pavement or sapphire as bright blue as the sky. Perhaps the Israelites were in heaven. You know, when you look down from heaven, earth is a pure, beautiful, sapphire planet. But when you look up from the bottom, the top of the earth is a pure, beautiful, sapphire sky. Perhaps the sapphire pavement signifies purity. No, the ultimate goal of God, God's redemption activity is a communion in which God may be seen fully and unreservedly, in which to see God is to eat and drink with Him. You know, Jesus' beatitude says that seeing God is a matter of being pure in heart. Perhaps that can guide our interpretation of the, of the word purity, of the sapphire pavement. The people of Israel, were at, they, they were atoned and therefore they were cleansed and purified. Perhaps the symbolic meaning of the sapphire pavement is to, re, is to reveal the purity of God and His people needs to be purified to come before Him. What does this mean to us? What does it mean to be leaders of, for God? I believe God's leaders is responsible to help others experience the effect of the covenant. That God's that God ultimate redemptive goal is a communion with us that is complete and unreservedly. And the best way to do so is through our lives, our actions and our words and our responses. How did the Israelite respond when Moses told the people of you know, all the words and the laws? They responded with one voice, everything the Lord has said, we will do. 
And how did Israelites respond after Moses took the book of the covenant and read it to the people? They responded again. We will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. When we say the call to worship earlier, you know, in the beginning of our service, you know, there's, a response, there's a response between the minister and the people. Perhaps this liturgical response may have originated from this segment in the book of Exodus. You know, one of the best ways to learn is through a dialogue where there is a response from both parties. The, the Israelites responded in unity and in obedience. They responded in one voice. Everything the Lord has said, we will obey. Responding to God is an act of agreement as well as an act of obedience to God. What does it mean to be leaders for God then? I believe that God, God's leaders of Israel, um, God's leaders for us also, okay, should respond to Him in agreement and in obedience and in unity like how the Israelites responded at Mount Sinai. Now, have you ever wondered what is the significance of the different levels at Mount Sinai? Now, let's look at the passage again. At verse 12, it says that the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay here, and I will give you the tablets of stones with the law and commandments I have written for their instruction. Then Moses sat out with Joshua, his aide, and Moses went up on the mountain of God. He said to the elders, Wait here. Wait here for us until we come back to you. Aaron and her are with you. And anyone involved in the dispute can go to them. When Moses went up to the mountain, the cloud covered it. And the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. You, have, you would have realized by now the different levels on Mount Sinai. You know, at the foot of the mountain, the Israelite nations worship at a distance. Then further up, the 70 elders, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu. And finally, Moses only, though Joshua may have actually uh, accompanied him on a portion of the journey. Gerald Jensen classified Moses going up to the mountain into three levels of accessibility. The people, then the priests, then Moses only. And a parallel to the three divisions of the tabernacle. Therefore, the different compartmentalization in the tabernacle is a replica of the different levels of Mount Sinai. After which, God gave specific instructions on how to construct the tabernacle in Exodus chapter 26, just slightly after. So what is the tabernacle for? Why construct a tabernacle? You know, the tabernacle is meant to be a sense of communing nearness between God and His people. God wants to be close to His people. And in this passage, you will realize that God has this intention right from the beginning. You know, the tabernacle, therefore, is not, you know, what we think, a house for God. It is for the people to be in communication with God, perhaps. If the Mount Sinai experience leads to the construction of the tabernacle, and the construction of the tabernacle is to draw the Israelites closer to God, to God, therefore, one of the key purpose of the Mount Sinai event 
would simply be to draw people to God. Hence, God's leaders should draw people to God. God's leaders should draw people to be familiar with God's covenant. You know, in ancient days, a deal or a covenant is sealed with a meal between the parties. And here, the meal is actually the climax of the covenant that is sealed. With, it is a communal occasion of friendship and joy. It is a life-giving in-function in which the leaders of Israelites participated and in connection with which they are granted a special audience with God. The leaders of Israel ate and drank with God. God wants to have a relationship with His people. Perhaps the New Testament communion is not, is not very different from this Old Testament passage. Jesus broke bread and drank with His disciples. And here in the book of Exodus, God ate and drank with the leaders of Israelites. God was establishing a relationship with Israel. Why did I want to teach my children cycling? You know, I, I believe that the event of teaching my, my, my daughter cycling will etch into my relationship with my daughter because it is an establishment of our relationship as father and daughter. You now, this event creates a bond between us. You know, when we talk about cycling in the future, you know, we, we will remember the difficulties and the obstacles that we have overcome. You know, just, uh, the bloodshed, you know, the, the, the back aches and, 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 the, and the perspiration and the suffering on, you know, that we have gone through. And the most important thing that I could share with my daughter is this. We did it together. This will be a reminder of an intimate moment we have shared between father and daughter. And I hope that Michaela okay, will do the same thing for her kids, for her children in future, as my father had done for me. Perhaps the conclusion to the covenant is an establishment of an intimate relationship between people and God. The two parties to the covenant have entered into a bond of unity that suggests one covenanted divine human life. And this life that we have received has a vocation. You know, I believe the covenant is for a specific purpose. It is to specify the vocation of the people of God. It is a specific covenant in which God sets Israel apart for a task which entails God's faithfulness and obedience. And perhaps the vocation of God's people is to draw others to have a commitment to the covenant with God. And what does it mean to be a leader for God? Well, before I reveal to you the answer, let me show you this final video. Look up. See, after two months of um, cycling with my daughter, she has finally been able to do it. Okay, she mastered the art of cycling. She's fast and she's very confident. In fact, she has become one with the machine. 
See, other than cycling, my vocation as a father is to show my daughters how to be close to God. You know, how we, how we, we can be intimate with God through the reading of the Word, through actions and through prayer. Every, every day before we start our day, we will gather as a family to pray. And every day before we lay down our heads to sleep, we will also pray together as a family. So what does it mean to be a leader for God? So at this point, some of you may ask, no, I'm not a leader. This sharing is not for me. But remember the passage says that, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into a wonderful light. 1 Peter 2.9 There is no excuse. We are all leaders one way or another. You know, whether, when we're at home, we are, we, if you have children, you are a leader to your children or to your nephew or niece or to those younger than you at your workplace. We are all, one way or another, leaders to someone. Perhaps the main goal for God's leaders is simply to be close to God, to commune with God and to be intimate with God. God wants to have a relationship with us. Therefore, we should learn to respond to Him. Now, just a little recap of what we have gone through today. Now, a leader knows how to demonstrate the covenant with both words and action. I believe God's leaders is responsible to help others experience the effect of the covenant. That God's ultimate redemptive goal is a communion with us that is complete and unreservedly. And God, God's leaders respond to Him in agreement, in obedience and in unity. God's leaders should therefore draw people to God. This is the vocation of every Christian. You know what I just stated above Anna, are the basics that we should be doing as a Christian. There's nothing new under it. We should already be doing all these things. And perhaps the message, the covenant confirmed, is also a message to remind us that we as Christians, we have a vocation. And our, vo and our vocation is to draw people to commune with God. Pastor Anthony preached last week regarding responding uh, to a holy call. This week, I would like to remind that we all have a vocation a very important vocation and that is to draw people to God. It's a very important job that we have to do and it's a privilege that God has given to us that we should be doing and we should remember. Shall we pray? Lord, as some of us may ask, who among us are leaders? Some may feel inadequate to lead, while others fear the responsibility. Most of us are already leaders as parents. We are leaders to our children, to our, to our nieces and nephews, to those younger than us. Most of us are one way or another a leader for, for you. We pray that we can keep our focus on you as leaders, Individually, our role is simple. We are to draw close to you. In our community, we are to draw others to you. 
We pray that we will continue to demonstrate your love with our words and deeds so that others may believe that you are, that we are your disciples. May we continue to do so with obedience and love for you and for one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.